0: Hi everyone, Lucy Kippist here. I'm the editor of Flying Solo and this episode of our podcast is brought to you by our brand new Business Class Membership. It's your annual pass to great deals, discounts and wisdom for building the business of your dreams. Plus, you get the opportunity to be a guest on this podcast all for just $165. Head to our website for details. Marissa Lawler runs Just Believe Fit, It's a thriving well-being business in Thornbury, Victoria. Her energy and enthusiasm have seen her create an energetic community of other like-minded business people in her area, and she's also a huge supporter of our Flying Solo community. In a recent conversation, Marissa told me that after 28 years of life as a high school teacher, she started her business when she turned 50. It was a bit of a light bulb moment that went on to have a really positive ripple effect across her whole life. Marissa joins us on the podcast today to share the story behind the start of her business journey and to inspire others who might also be considering starting a business in their 50s. Welcome back, Marissa, to the podcast.
1: Hey, Lucy. It's lovely to be here. Um, So thank you. Thank you very much for having me this morning. It's a pleasure.
0: So let's start by talking a bit about your business, Just Believe Fit, can you tell us what your role is in the business and what you love the most about it?
1: Okay, well, Just Believe Fit is actually me. Um, so I am Just Believe It, I'm the owner and director. And I suppose the nuts and bolts of the business is that it's a mind, body, wellness business in Thornbury, and it's kind of got two streams of activity. The physical studio, which is in Gooch Street in Thornbury, has classes in Pilates, bar, yoga, stretch and so sort of body conditioning all the really fun things and we also run kind of education seminars on uh, relevant health topics by working closely with health pra- health practitioners in our surrounding area and we also work with other local businesses in the community it also, it's also got a workplace stream so the workplace stream of the business focuses on supporting metropolitan employers and employees with uh, employees with practical strategies to counteract the impact of long hours, um, sedentary days-based work, you know, stress and anxiety. And that's been really important during sort of COVID lockdown. So that's kind of ramped up a little bit for some of some of our businesses. So sort of has two streams to the actual business, but if I look at what just belief it is. It really is a community of like-minded people, sort of coming together with a sense of health and well-being, um, and doing positive things for each other. And what it gives me, geez, I, I love—I just love connecting with people. It has a structure, that it's also—it's not just an exercise studio, I suppose.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a really
1: fundamental community backbone to the whole thing totally totally and that's what makes it rich and it makes it just a great place for me to be and to work and I sort of at at times I can't believe that this is my job and I love doing what I do it doesn't always have the financial kind of benefits but you know where I am in my life right now It's not just about the money, it's about making the most of every day and enjoying, you know, what you do so that, you know, you get to the end of each day and go, hey, yeah, that was great, you know.
0: Yeah, not everybody can say that about their job. Let's talk about the moment that sort of led to you starting the business so you referred to that in our first conversation about this as sort of a light bulb moment. What was happening in your life at the time, and what what are the types of things you were feeling about work that you think led to this decision?
1: Oh, um, it's that's pretty huge, but I'm sure that my story will ring true for quite a few people. So I was a school teacher. As I said for you know 28 years. It's um, I loved teaching. Um, I loved the schools that I was at, my colleagues um, and I didn't ever entertain the thought of changing careers. So I've been teaching since 1987 and what's more is because I'd always been teaching movement and Pilates and dance and so on, I have a background in all of that, I was able to be teaching Pilates and body balance and other fitness kind of classes Outside school hours, so you know I'd be teaching during the day, and then I'd have classes at some of the local gyms. So I kind of had the benefit of both of both worlds. So I kind of got my fix of the fitness, movement side of things that uh, really fed my creative soul. And then I had my school teaching, which was part of again who I was. Mm-hmm. I had a house. I've got a house. I've got an amazing husband and two gorgeous children. So who are now, you know. Not children; they're a little bit more grown up. So, really, kind of, you know, things were things are kind of looking good. Having said that, I was and I still am on antidepressants to manage my mental health. Um, I suffered severe postnatal depression after the birth of my daughter. So, for me, I was also working every day just to keep my mental health in check. The school underwent a change of leadership around must have been around sort of two thousand and 12 I think maybe a bit before that and the new leadership eroded everything in that school that I valued and believed in and then sadly sort of systematically started targeting any teaching staff who sort of questioned what they were doing. Um, I had to you know make a stand and say hey you know not quite sure whether these are the right things so I was targeted and I don't deal with conflict very well. You know, have a good Catholic Maltese upbringing, and we don't respond well when you know we think that we've that we are doing the wrong thing. You know, I, yeah, I, I find conflict's probably one of the biggest things that I that I find really difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. And that's why I realise if you're not happy in your workplace, right, my mental health was really starting to suffer. If you're not happy in your workplace, then everything else in your life is affected. And it was really sort of, you know, the cracks were beginning to show working as a teacher is always hard, you know, it's always got its stresses, but when you add these extra things in, you know, bullying, undermining, uh, then it becomes even harder, and especially if you've got underlying mental health issues so Mm. I remember very challenging yeah yeah but this is probably the same for quite a few people out there Lucy I'm sure that you know people are happy in their workplace and then suddenly uh, the goalposts move and what you know and what you um you're sort of used to when they change it sort of shakes your shakes you at a grassroots Mm. level Mm. It was um in 2013 on my 50th birthday we were we had a wonderful party out here and i was there celebrating with you know mm. friends and and family and i knew then at that point that i needed to make a change in my life because if i didn't i wasn't going to be able to survive simple as that i knew that i had six months of long service leave coming up and that if I could get to that, I could use that time to create some distance to have a break and to use some fresh eyes to sort of start planning a different path forward. So my, I suppose the light bulb wasn't knowing what I was going to do, but knowing that if I didn't do something, then that was going to have a really detrimental effect.
0: And what, what was your, what was your family how are they responding to you at that time? Was it something that you talked about or was this all sort of happening internally for you?
1: Uh, It was definitely um, something that was affecting all of us. My husband had seen, you know, he'd already been through two lots of mental health breakdowns with me, one when, you know, after our second child was born and that was pretty full on and then another when he turned, he must have turned 40, so I must have been... Around 45, somewhere around there, and um, I hadn't—I'd been off my antidepressants for a while, and I really hit rock bottom again. So he knew that if I, if my mental health wasn't held in check, that it was going to, you know, um, have dire consequences on the family. The thought about me changing careers was also had, um, or you we know, were quite sure what we were going to do at that point. But I wasn't being present. I wasn't happy. And when you're not happy, you can't be there for your family. You can't, you know, my kids were, um, so I think my daughter, was. she was in primary school and my son had started started high school. And because I was dealing with so much at, at my own workplace, I wasn't present for them as the mother that I would like to be and I wasn't the wife I would like to, you know, would like to be. So he could, he could see the cracks and he knew that something had to change as well. I'm very lucky, Lucy, that I have um, a husband who also works in, in health and he sort of manages people and he's very good at sort of standing back and seeing the, the broader picture. Um, and he knew that you know, I had to make a change and that whatever that was going to be, he would be there and support me. Through it, which he has, and it's wonderful. You know, I'm forever thankful.
0: So that was all happening, and then you decided to make this change. What do you think, like, what came in to make that a reality?
1: So the change was around what did I have that I could use to help other people. So if I looked at myself, all right, so I was a woman in her 50s, all right? So I had 50 years of sort of life experience there, a mother you know, a wife, a teacher, a fitness instructor. Um, what have I been through? I've been through postnatal depression. I was going through menopause. Um, I've had, you know, other mental health issues. I have, my son has mental health issues. So, like, I kind of looked at all of these sorts of things, what what experiences I've had, um, what other skills did I have, and how could I use that to... Help other people because I didn't want other people to be in the same position that I found myself in um, with a, 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 a in my working life um, being miserable. Life's too short to be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, it really, really is. I kind of gathered some of those things in, and in some ways, my business didn't really start it morphed and evolved as I sort of tried a few different things. So there was um, the fitness side of me that was teaching. I hired space in a ballet school um, and I ran uh, Pilates, um, yoga-based classes, um, bar classes, In a fitness setting, I was doing workplace wellness classes and seminars, sort of teaching people how to kind of look after their health and wellbeing in the workplace, because that was something that I had firsthand experience of. Also, I ran a (laughs) creative movement program, a really successful creative movement program for kids at the early learning centre at the children's hospital. And that was based on me as a teacher, my dance and movement background, um, my love of being, (laughs) being a bit silly. And that was great. That was called ACE kids, active, creative, expressive um, kids. And so, yeah, there was a whole range of things. And so the things were kind of um, building together wasn't until the ballet school was moving and I needed to make a decision about, you know, finding a space and a home for Just Believe Fit, that, and that was in 2018, that things really fell together, and I had to say, okay, I need to decide which of these streams I'm going to follow, and how am I going to do this. Um, I had people attending my classes, my just believe it, you know, fitness classes, and they all kind of stressed, yes, we want you to keep teaching. So I set about finding a space for just believe it. And finding a place for it to run fitness classes is not easy. Um, there's a lot of sort of council red tape that you have to kind of, you know, manage. But I did find a home for um, for us, and that was in this quirky studio in in Thornbury. And once we had that place then the business became real because I had a home and then I could put my brand on it. I could, you know, really say, this is my business. So um, I think that things have really picked up sort of since 2018, especially 2019. And then what happens in 2020, we get COVID. (laughs) Um, So As you can kind of see, it's been a a real sort of piecing together. I didn't start my business with a plan to have a, you know, a fitness business. Mm -hmm. I started with a plan to help other people.
0: And that's, yeah, and that speaks to the way, definitely the way that it's unfolded and definitely speaks also to the way that you're marketing it as well because, yeah, there's a definite integrity there to your model what role have other women played in your business? Because I know that women and women's health are obviously incredibly important to you. Have they, How have other women helped you build up the business?
1: Women are my main clientele and it's women like me and women learn from each other. My classes are very much shaped around the needs of women in their sort of 40s and 50s and What I realised in this time is that women have been fighting against their bodies for so long, right? We've been sort of, you know, the fitness model that has been out there is that you kind of have to burn and blitz your body. You have to sort of like, you know, pummel it into into submission. I was sick and tired of fighting with my body. Um, As a, you know, dancer from way back, I also had, you know, an eating disorder, Um, so that's always been there and the way that we kind of, you know, the way that we see ourselves. So I wanted a fitness business that was no blitz, no burn, no boot camp, just the best mix of mind-body exercise where people could become friends with their bodies, where they could come into a space and feel comfortable just being them. And so what I found was that women would come to the space And they didn't need to worry about wearing Lululemon um, and having their eyebrows done or their their lips propped up, um, that they could just come in. We let go of judgment when you walk through the door I make it a real thing about not talking about um, the physicality of our bodies. It's not what it looks like, it's what it feels like. So I think that women have um, really appreciated that kind of space to just be themselves and to form friendships and you know when I log on in the morning now to our zoom classes it's really lovely because people will you know all the women will be there going you know oh hi how are you we might talk about migraines or we might talk about feeling tired um before we even sort of you know do the class so it's very very real and it's that connection and that communication that we have um, is what makes Just Belief that I suppose, a bit more than you know, just a, a fitness a fitness business.
0: Yeah, and can I ask you what, what you've learnt about yourself and business that you might not have, ex- well, that you didn't expect to learn?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that I, my attitude and my approach has changed so much since the time I left teaching and since I became responsible for my own destiny, so to speak, I didn't have anyone else to lean on, you know, this is a, this is about me. And even though I had you know, some fantastic support from my husband um, and friends and you know, family. This has really been very much about me and I feel like I have made, you know, I've done it, I've, I really have done it all, which is, you know, I'm so proud of myself and other women out there and, you know, we're, we're amazing, we're amazing. But the thing that I suppose has changed most yeah, is my attitude to the way that I do things. I've become much more proactive um, but my mindset has also change with that. I did a certificate in mindfulness um, so right at the beginning because I knew that um, mindfulness is such a powerful tool for people when they are sort of you know in doing fitness classes but also in helping their health and wellbeing. And one of the things I took away from that Lucy is that is the idea of letting go of judgment and that's something that I think I follow every day and has been really formative in my approach to the business because when you let go of judgment you leave room for your brain to rethink situations the space that judgment takes up can be replaced by positive thought and I think we you know we enter so many things with an automatic response. You know, you you as a minute sort of something look might look a little bit hard. You go, oh no, I can't do it. Letting go of your judgment around that and going, okay, so this is what it is. Let me just you know take a moment and step back and see it for what it is. Um, then you've kind of got that ability to to breathe and to think clearly. So. For me, you know, not coming into situations and judging them has been really profound in the way that I approach business. And then it's also about being adaptable. And boy, have I learnt to be adaptable! <laughs> um, you know, if you, especially this year, no doubt. Oh, so much so because you know, if you can't change your situation, you've got to flow with it, you know, and fighting or getting angry only uses up energy that you need to use moving forward. Can I, have I got time to just relay one tiny little Last year, we were, um, we were going to um, a wedding, and the wedding was down in the country, and so we were staying overnight, we um, packed our bags had our outfits and everything all kind of organized um, we were having a weekend away rod and I you know had our you know our beautiful clothes all organized and you know headed down with 45 minutes to spare that you know, we'd been showered and everything that we knew that when we got there we just had to you know get our gear on and go and we got down to um, got down to the airbnb. And you know, I went in, and Rod said, "I'll go get the bags out of the car." And he comes back and he says, uh, "Marisa, i he goes, "got a bit of a problem." I said, "What? What, what is it?" And he says, "We've left our clothes at home." Oh no, he had. <laughs> yeah, he'd left the um the clothes. <laughs> he'd left the clothes at home, and I just looked at him, and I burst out laughing, and I said, "Well, you know, <laughs> what can we do?" And he got on the phone, rang the um. Rang the father of the groom, and you know he had a, a um, he had a shirt that and pants that he could borrow. And we're down at Inverloch, and which is you know sort of down country way. And I said, "Quick, let's go into town. Let's see if there's anything open." Ran into town. Sure enough, there was a um, a Red Cross op shop open. I ran into this op shop. This is forty five minutes to spare. And I said to the women in there, "I said, this is my situation. I have <laughs> I've got to find something to wear to a wedding." And all these wonderful old women who were behind the counters, they all kind of rallied to the action. And we picked up a few things and I found a dress. I don't know how. It was the same color as the dress that I had, you know, back at home. So it fitted my accessories. I paid 15 bucks. We ran home. I threw on the dress that I had found in the op shop and Rod threw on his borrowed, you know, pants. And we went and had a great time at the wedding. And I think if I had, um, that kind of like really epitomises the approach that I have to, to business now that, you know, situations change. You can get your knickers in a knot or you can just go with the flow and find another way. And we did. We had a great time. No one knew the better.
0: What a great story. And what a bargain for an outfit, $15. <laughs>
1: It was too. I
0: I want to to close off the interview with some advice for people who might Mm. be listening, who are approaching their fifties, already in their fifties, and they're dreaming of running a business. And we know that this is a reality for people at the moment, coming out of COVID or still in COVID. That that's Mm. you know it's on people's minds. What what's kind of three things that you would advise people now who might be listening and weighing that up for themselves?
1: I would definitely say that. Your experience in life are the skills that you can use. So, think about what you've learned um, through the different stages in your life and see them as kind of assets. You know, don't think I'm old. You go, wow, well, actually, you know, when I was in my 40s, I felt I had acquired some wisdom. In my 50s, I kind of know what to do with it, sort of now. Gather knowledge that you need, but do it in chunks so you don't get overwhelmed. Like So Small Business Victoria, councils have some really great, um, fantastic free or subsidised courses that can give you an overview of what you need to do to get started. So that kind of gives you a few kind of um, pointers. Don't think you have to know everything all at once. Get the knowledge that you you need um, and use it in small chunks. Talk to other women or other businesses. Follow and trust your intuition. If something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. And most of all, kind of, you trust the wisdom that you've gained over the years. We have so much knowledge and experience to tap into that doesn't come from formal institutions. What you know in yourself, you know, doesn't actually come out of a book. And you can do anything you set your mind to. And if you can't, you'll learn something trying, you know, um, trying to learn it. So good. Thank you so much for sharing
0: those insights with us, Marissa. Your energy is contagious and I know there'll be plenty of people listening to this who will be inspired.
1: Oh, I hope so.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast
1: and all the best with getting through this second phase of lockdown. Oh, thank you so much, Lucy. And you've been a bright spot in my day. I'm going to put on a mask and go for a walk. (laughs) 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 Sounds great.